Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today we have the head coach of Whitney Baseball, Jackson Watt. What's going on, Coach? Uh, nothing much, you know. Having a good Wednesday night here, ready to to talk some baseball, talk some coaching. Yeah, man, doing? I love it. I, I I played baseball in my whole life, uh, you know, through through high school. Didn't play much my junior and senior year. People, that's well that's well established on this podcast now. But I still love the game. Played in some adult leagues uh, after after high school, which is, I don't know how much you did. Cause I know you played some ball in college, so you probably didn't dabble too much in the adult. Uh, I've done a little ball. bit of adult league here and there, but you know, it's humbling. So I'm, I'm still young. I'm 28. So, uh, there's oh, nice. still some, some dudes who can ball, uh, in those leagues and uh, I don't oh, play as much sure. anymore. So it's, it's tough. I've, I've gone out there a couple of times, but, but for the most part, I'm, I'm sticking to coaching right now. I gotcha. It's, uh, they're fun leagues, but, uh, they're, they're weird. That's all I'm going to say. They're weird leagues yeah. because you get a weird mix of guys who just graduate either high school or college who are you know still fresh off of it. We had a guy that was probably pushing 50 that played at a pretty high level. Um, and then everything in between, but it's a weird, it's a weird mix of uh, personalities and, and uh, levels of competition. So it's fun, but I always tell people the last game I played um, it was like my second or third year playing. We were in the championship. We were getting blown out and our pitcher started barking at one of the fans and we're like, what is, what is going on right now? And it was this older guy that was a dad of one of the guys that was on the other team. And then, you know, they started going at it. Well, this guy, you don't realize it, but he's in a wheelchair and he starts rolling oh, up the no. field. Like, no, 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 <laughs> you can't oh, come out no. here and fight this man. Like, what are we doing? And our, our pitcher started walking towards the dugout, like, geez, and that's when I hung him up. Like, you know what? Maybe I need to take a break from this. This yeah. is not what I signed up for. This is wild. Yeah, it's a tough look. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> but anyways, we're here to talk about more important things than that. So um, man, there's so much I want to talk to you about, including, uh, obviously last, last season, you guys won the section title, right. Um, yeah. which was the yeah. first time for Whitney high school, which was, which was pretty sweet. And I want to get into that, but before we go there, man, I need to know a little bit more about your background. What's your coaching athletic background. And then how did you get where you are today? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I start at the beginning, uh, born and raised in Rothland, California, um, right here, uh, my family's the, the Rukala family. Uh, my mom's side. So there's a, there's a park, there's a school named after uh, our family here in Rockland. So, so this town means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, been here all my life. Uh, I went to Whitney high school, graduated in 2012. Um, then I, I got the opportunity to go up to Willamette university in Salem, Oregon, uh, play a little division three ball. I was a pitcher, uh, did a little bit of everything. My freshman year, I was kind of a middle relief guy, uh, had like a, a seven ERA. Um, and I came back that summer. I just wasn't satisfied. Um, it was really like a, a light switch. I wasn't great in high school um, mm -hmm. in terms of baseball. I was kind of just good enough. You know, I was, I was the closer kind of pitcher only guy, uh, on our high school team. And I was throwing high seventies, low 80 with like a, a little sinker slider. Um, okay. and then I went off to college with kind of the same repertoire and, and got humbled quite a bit my freshman year. Um, came back my sophomore year with, with a new mindset, got after it. And, uh, I was all conference, um, as a closer that year. And then, um, uh, fought through some injuries, my junior and senior year, 
pitched a lot. I have the second most appearances all time at Willamette, uh, whether it was in safe situations or I had uh, quite a few starts as well. There were situations where I'd start on Saturday, come in on, on Sunday and, and try to slam the door. Um, but that junior and senior year, because that I had, I had some uh, shoulder issues and, and kind of fought through it. And I was pitcher of the week a few more times, but never really got back to that form I had my sophomore year. Um, so at that point, I kind of figured out, well, I, I love the game of baseball. I want to stay in it. Um, it's been an amazing run. Um, and it was either I can go try to play indie ball, and there are some possibilities there. Um, and no knock to indie ball, but it's, it just kind of feels like delaying the inevitable for where I was. I mean, I wasn't going to be anybody who was going to crack a professional baseball uh, in the MLB um, any sort. I was, I think I topped out at 88. That was the hardest I ever threw. So um, at that point, I got my teaching credential. And that first year, right after I graduated, I went and I was the pitching coach at Ponderosa High School okay, um, with nice. my cousin, uh, Ben Peterson. He won a section there actually the next year. Um, but I was up there with him, uh, for that first year, learned a lot. Um, I was still 21 when I was coaching with him that first year. And then the Whitney job opened up. I went over and applied. It was, uh, an interesting experience for sure, because it was a lot of my former teachers. Cause I graduated from Whitney just a few years prior. I went to college for four years, coached at Pondo for a year. And then, boom, I'm the head coach at Whitney at 21 that first fall. Um, and looking back, I, you know, it was, it was on the job training, Josh. So there's all kinds of, uh, things that, um, I've learned along the way. Um, I would definitely do differently, but it, it all led us to, to where we are now. So I, I kind of, I got the baseball job first and I was right. still working on my teaching credential online and subbing every day and, and really just kind of living at the school. And I, I still do, um, to a point there. Um, but I'm, I'm a full-time teacher, uh, at Whitney high school now and, I teach uh, social science, so world history, geography, um, the GovEcon class. I'm um, assistant athletic director as well, so I'm doing Jeez, a lot of man. stuff managing the winter sports right now. <laughs> okay. um, but but it's kind of evolved into into this really uh, big thing. I've really fallen in love with teaching, um, and and I think that's a big part of becoming a good coach as well. So um, that's that's kind of my journey from a professional uh, standpoint. Went away, learned a few things, come back. So. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Man, that's a, you really packed a lot in there for, you know, in a short amount of time. And then, man, I have so many questions just based off of what you said. First of all, like I, we were kind of talking beforehand, this is our first time we've followed each other on Twitter for quite a while, but yeah. this is our first conversation. And so I didn't realize that you were uh, from the Rockland area and then also went to Whitney and then went back to coaching. And that's always a cool thing. We've had a couple of coaches on here that, that did a very similar thing. And at some point, like um, we've had Casey Taylor on here, um, eventually made his way back to Oak Ridge High School. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody Norman, uh, a basketball, the girls, or used to be the girls basketball coach at Laguna Creek High School, made his way back to Laguna Creek. And so how, I mean, it's interesting because you were really young when you took that job at Whitney, but yeah. how, how was it exciting? Did it make you nervous? Like what was that whole, what was the, all the different emotions that you were feeling when you got that job? I mean, I imagine part of you was like, this is, this is pretty cool. But then there's another side. It's like, like you said, these are the same teachers that I, you know, we're grading my, yeah. my papers and my tests, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. I kind of had to figure out who I was really is, is the biggest thing with that. It's difficult because you're like, you're trying to figure out like, do I call my coworkers by their first name? You know, it's <laughs> sure. like, yeah, it's, it's some interesting kind of awkward uh, positions there. It's almost growing up in the job that, that you really decided you wanted when you're in college. It's like, Hey, like 
I mean, when I go to get my teaching credential and decide I'm not going to pursue the professional baseball world, like that's the ideal job for me at that point is the head baseball coach at my old high school. And then to get it at 21, um, it's, it's kind of an awkward position where you got to grow up in it um, yeah. from there. So like I said, learned a lot along the way. Um, very, very grateful for it. Um, and if anything, it taught me to, to work as hard as I can to, to do what I can for these kids just because it's where I come from. I see myself in every one of them. So. Right now. So you were 21 when you took that job. Now I'm, I'm trying, I'm not good at math, but so did you, did you coach any of the guys that you played with? I didn't know. So I was, I was super young. I was one of those 17 year old, uh, Got high it. school okay. graduates. I, I had to sit in the, in the big auditorium hall at, at Willamette that first year and, and go raise my hand and say, Hey, can you send these papers to my mom and dad so they can <laughs> sign them so I can play college sports? That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was a young birthday. Um, for that. So I ended up, uh, yeah, I spent that year after college at Pondo and then straight to Whitney. Okay. Cause I always, so there's that's a little what... gap. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. do have, um, I've had a couple, uh, younger brothers yeah. come through at this point. I mean, it's still, there's plenty of small town fields in Rockland for sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in Orangeville, Orangeville my whole life. Um, and so, yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. And especially like if, you know, like you said, with your family being, you know, like parks being named after your family and your family being known in the community, that would be an interesting dynamic. Cause I mean, even though you didn't, you're not coaching former teammates, but you are, you know, the families, you know, they know your family. And so that is an interesting dynamic. Um, and yeah, that's what we always talk about with, with younger coaches. Like, man, how, how difficult was making that transition to coaching? Because, you know, uh, I've seen some guys, uh, some guys that I played ball with, and then some guys that I just know that go on and coach, they really struggled their first year because there's so much of that. They played at a pretty high level and there's so much raw passion that they still have as a competitor. They're trying to go back into it. And there's a lot of frustration because for a second, for like a season, they forget they're working with high schoolers and then they don't have the same maybe maturity or they don't have the same intensity that the coach, that first young coach has. So how is that for you? I mean, obviously you played in, in college and, and you played at a high level. Do you, did you struggle with that or was that part of it fairly easy to kind of, you know, glide into? No, I, th I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I definitely struggled with that. Um, and I think uh, a lot of that also comes with you're, you're projecting all the, all the things you don't know um, onto the kids at times. And you're trying to really figure out everything from scheduling to writing a good practice plan to creating good plans for player development and, handling the behavior uh, side of it as well and setting good expectations for your program. There's, there's so much that goes into being a head coach um, of a program. I mean, managing the personalities of your assistants and, and lower level head coaches who are much older than you um, as well. So there's, there's a lot packed into that on top of the fact that anybody that becomes a, a head coach is, is probably extremely hyper competitive um, right. and is trying to find a way to win at all costs. But at the same time, trying to listen to that voice of reason. Um, and remember that it's trying to, it's about more than baseball. You can't let that define who you are. And, and there's a uh, bigger things at stake here, but, um, I definitely struggled for that with that growing in that position, um, for, for several years. And I'm still growing every day with it. I still make mistakes all the time. You know, you're on your own worst critic, but, um, definitely it's a, it's a huge challenge for, for young head coaches out there. Um, and especially, I mean, it's a two-way street. The kids know you're young too, so they're going to test you. Right. And, um, it's, it's harder to, to get that, uh, initial respect. Um, and it's harder to create that structure and, and community that you want in a baseball program. 
Well, and, and like you said, you are a, a teacher on campus as well. And so you're not only a young coach, but you're also a young teacher. And so you're getting tested basically all day. Cause like you said, hundred percent, my wife's a teacher and, you know, and she started at a young age too. And so it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, they want to test you because they realize that you look a lot like them. They mistake you on campus. Like, oh, you know, like, hey, get back to class. Like, no, I'm a, you hold up the bad, right? It's like, hey, I'm a teacher. My class is yeah. right over there. Yeah. All of those different things. And it's a different, a di- different dynamic for sure. But we've talked a lot on this podcast about on-campus coaches and, and the value in that. Like, it's anybody who is willing to take the time and effort to coach, amazing. But there is a, there's a different uh, level of... I guess, benefits when you are an on-campus coach. And let me ask you this too, kind of along with this question. Now, do you live, do you live in the community as well? Yeah, I live, I live smack dab in the middle of Rockland. Uh, so you're just in yeah, it all the time. So I'm, I'm in it. Yep. Yep. See the kids at the grocery store, at the gym, wherever, you know, so it's, it's just a part of it. So now do you, um, I, I think know, it's, some, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I think it's a good thing though, um, living and being in the middle of it and being on campus. Cause I mean, we preach how you do one thing, how you do everything. And, and when k- kids can see how you live your life, um, I think that truly helps as well and helps them with connection and helps you with connection with them too. Man, I'm glad you said that. I said that last episode, I just did a little a short solo episode and I said that exact same thing, like, and, and living in the community gives you that opportunity. Like you said, yeah. like, you know, Cause I always say like the, the words you speak as a coach are only as powerful as the life that you lead. And, you know, yeah, I, I understand, awesome. I understand why coaches and teachers don't necessarily want to li- always live in the same community. I get that, but a lot of respect for coaches who are coaches and teachers who are willing to do that because you are like, you're signing up for it. You're like, Hey, like you said, I'm, le- I'm letting you guys see every part of my life, you know? And so that, that's also some pressure too. Like, do you feel like, is that something you wanted or is it, do you feel the pressure sometimes or is it just like, Hey, this is just part of the job. I think, I think it's just part of the job. And I think it's, I think it's something that's important um, as well. I mean, like you said, they're going to see every part of your life. Um, and I think there's, you know, stuff that you go through throughout a season, uh, throughout a school year that, that kids need to know about, um, because you want to know about them and be able to help them. You want to love on them and help them, um, figure out who they're going to be. And you need to know their story in order to do that. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's big things that happen in, in these kids' lives every day. I know it's Rockland and people see it as a, as a very rich suburb, but there's um, all kinds of things that we don't know about under the surface that are going on. So the more that we can, can be out present in the open and be honest with kids, I mean, the more they're willing to work with you and the more they understand and the more you understand them. So I think that's the big thing um, for, for me, really, in terms of that, I mean, not to drop a bomb on you, but I lost my dad last April in the middle of, mm. of all of our baseball season. And wow. that wasn't something that I, I ran from at all. It was something that I felt was important for the kids to know all the way from, from fall all the way through, um, lost his battle with cancer, mm. uh, right there. But like, I think that's something that, that they should know because I would want to know that they're going through something, um, as well. So I think that's, that's a big part of it being in the community, being open and honest with your players. Cause that's what you expect of them at the end of the day too. That's really good. Well, man, I'm sorry for your loss for sure. Um, yeah. And I can't imagine, I didn't, I had no, I had no clue and obviously, and especially at that point of your season as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, but I, I have much respect, man, to the, the fact that you wanted to be uh, that open and honest with your athletes. Cause you're absolutely right you know, a lot of coaches want to preach that, right? Like, Hey, we're here for you. We're here for you. But then there's some coaches that when it comes to them, they bottle it up. They're not going to share that, but man, and these are, uh, you know, you said it too, like, this is bigger than just baseball. Obviously we always say it every single week, 
we want to win. We're all competitive. I'm competitive when it comes to this podcast. Like we all want to be competitive, but at the end of the day, the the things that you guys are teaching your athletes, the things you guys are showing them with the way you le- lead your lives, these are things that will go on for ever if it's taught in the correct way, right? Like you can either have a really yeah. positive impact that's going to change their life for the better, or some coaches unfortunately have a negative impact that's going to, you know, potentially send their athlete in the wrong direction. And so, uh, man, much respect to your perspective, your perspective on that, especially at a young age, man, like, cause you are a young coach and there's coaches that have been doing it for a minute and still don't have that perspective, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a, a part of it, you know, um, getting through that whole thing, but, but you're a hundred percent, right. I mean, we're all hyper-competitive and that's the biggest struggle. We can't let what we do define who we are, right. Um, whether it's podcast or baseball coach or whatever it is, but I mean, we're, we're here for a reason. We're all have that trait that makes us have that fire and want to go win and attack every day. And it's, it can be all consuming. So we've got to find a way to balance that out. Right now, speaking of winning, like I said, you guys did win the, the section championship last year, uh, which is awesome. Um, I, I've, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I went to go watch our varsity team play and they won the section title at that time, the D2 section title uh, out in Lodi. And I remember just watching that and seeing the excitement of that game. It's just, it's wild. The whole thing is just wild. So, yeah. you know, a couple, I guess a couple of things. I was reading an article earlier today from Joe Davison after you guys won. And he was saying that, you know, the, the years leading up to last year, some, some rougher seasons, right? You know, um, I don't know, there weren't as many wins, right? It was just, it seemed like the record mm-hmm. wasn't as great. And then to go from that and then all of a sudden winning a section championship, such a roller coaster. So, First question, based on the whole section championship situation, how did you stay positive as a coach? Because there's a lot of coaches in the area, like not everybody can win and not everybody can have a winning season and not everybody can win a championship, let alone like a league title. There's a lot of coaches that are dealing with situations where it's like each year they go in thinking like, it's going to be another rough one. And we just got to kind of bear down and deal with it. How did you deal with, with some of the losing seasons or the seasons that didn't go the way you were hoping? Like, how did you stay positive to the point where you guys were able to win a section championship last year. Yeah. I think you just got to show up every day and enjoy what you do. It's, it sounds cliche, but I think that's the biggest thing, whether it's one year you don't have the Jim's and Joe's or something doesn't click or, or like I said, there's things early on that, that I feel like I learned a lot from. Um, and we, I put a lot of that on me um, early on. And, and that's definitely a, a frustrating thing to think back. And I feel for those kids from my first couple of years. Um, but it really started to, to turn the tide um, right there. I, I, I hate to, to be that guy, but that, that COVID year, um, I really felt like we had a good team and, and we were going to be able to make a run. Yeah. Um, and just the momentum at our school, that's the other thing that's always made me want to coach at Whitney. You were, you were talking about coaches on campus earlier, and we might have more coaches, baseball coaches on campus than any other school around. I mean, uh, really? Yeah. Our, uh, if I go down the list, our first baseball coach, Brett Hunter, um, he was the baseball coach my uh, my freshman and, and JV year. He opened the program. He was there the day they put the seed down on the field. He put the foul poles in, you wow. know, and he's he's been all over the campus. Awesome guy, great en- energy, and um, he runs the the BIDA class now, the construction class, building industries and technology mm-hmm. um, class, and and all of our boys are in that class, and we're, we've been able to do great projects every year with his help. Um, we did our scoreboard, our backstop. We're putting a new bullpen in right now. Um, a lot of, of his help in that and being able to have the kids involved with it. Um, so it's huge having him on campus. Um, my high school coach when I was on varsity 
uh, Rob Dorchak. Um, he's, he's an on-campus teacher. Uh, he teaches uh, geology and, and sciences, and he teaches the dual enrollment kinesiology class. Amazing guy. He would be a great guy for you to have on this podcast. Just his, all, he's a, a guru of mental game stuff. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, man. He's, yeah, he's awesome. Um, keep going down the line. Scott Seffens, he's, he's pretty much my right-hand man uh, on our coaching staff. He's my first base coach. Um, and he was a head coach for, for a long time. I think his first head coaching job was at River City in 2002. Um, and okay. he's been at River City, Vista Del Lago, Folsom. Um, yeah. And he showed up on our doorstep a couple of years ago. Um, our assistant principal is Jeff Dietrich, who is a, mm-hmm. a great baseball coach and his owner at Del Oro. Yep. Um, one of our other math teachers, Joel Williams, he played uh, uh, some college baseball himself. And he's our, our soccer coach and runs a great soccer program. He's the CIF State Coach of the Year. Uh, right now. So we have just so many um, amazing coaches on our campus. Uh, John Gonzalez, he's one of our discipline techs. He's our, our JV assistant coach. Um, I just keep going. There's so many and it's just, wild. it's amazing the great leaders of men that we have on our campus that we can surround uh, the kids in our program with. And, and it just seems to grow every year. Um, and it just makes me feel almost like I'm just a cog in the wheel. Uh, in what we're doing out there. Cause, cause wherever you look, there's somebody who, who knows what these kids are going through, knows what we're trying to do out there and truly gets it. Cause they've been in the trenches and uh, our kids see that. And, and I don't know if they understand it right now, but they're, when they look back in, in five, 10 years and go, Holy cow, we had a lot of baseball guys on that campus. So. Yeah. Well, you're, you're hundred percent right. They probably won't, uh, they probably won't get it until later. And we hear that. We hear that all the time when we talk to coaches or athletes, they're like, man, I didn't think about it back when I was playing, but then, you know, 10 years down the road, they're like, I was, you know, I'd be sitting in the like living room, living room with my kids, my wife, my husband, whatever it may be. And they're like, and then this, this message, this, this phrase from my coach would just hit me. It's like, oh yeah, I remember when they used to say that it's just, it's wild how that works. And that's what somebody um, t- said on this podcast one time. It's like, you have to think about it as you're planting the seed that you may never see the tree of, right. But you've yeah. got to know that the tree, the seed that you're planting is going to develop and grow at some point. You just may not be able to see the tree. And that's what you want anyways, you know, just go off and do great things. And whether I know it or not, I know I planted that seed. So, um, man, that's a, that's a ridiculous amount of influence on that campus, but I, I love it. I like what you said too. It's like, you know, a lot of, unfortunately there's a lot of, uh, especially if we're talking about guys specifically, there are a lot of guys out there that, you know, the father situation is, it may not be the best, whether they're not present, whether they are there, but just not present or, you know, whatever the situation may be. And so that's when, you know, it's, again, it sounds cliche. We talk about all the time, but like that role of a coach, especially a male coach is super important in some of those dudes lives because they may not get it anywhere else. And so that one point of contact from a coach or a teacher, or in your guys's case, a teacher and a coach, they're around you all day. And, and we tell, we talk about all the time and you know, this better than anybody. Most of the time you're around those athletes more than their parents are during season. And especially yeah. as a teacher, you have a ton of influence. And so when you have great men and women that are willing to be coaches and teachers and that have that influence, you know, there's nothing, nothing better than that. It, it really is a special thing. You guys don't get paid enough, but it is, a, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a cool it's awesome thing. though. Yeah. And I think on top of that too, just the learning aspect of it, the amount of different ways we're able to communicate right. different skills, whether it's player development on the field or if it's, it's off the field in the classroom, whatever it is, there's, they're hearing it from every which way, every different way you can think. So it's yeah, really cool. they can't escape it. And you guys all know each other too. So it's like, you can't do something in front of coach Watt 
or Mr. Watt, depending on what your relationship is and whether you're an athlete or just a student, but, uh, it's like, you know, other coaches and other, you know, teachers are going to see it. Like, it sounds like it's a pretty tight knit, uh, community in that school too, That's which nice. is, which is cool. Like everybody having that same vision and going the same direction is, is massive for sure. So, um, no, it's just awesome. That's crazy. I, I can't get over the fact that you guys have that many people with baseball background. That's wild. Um, anyway, like, what's your, well, let me ask you this kind of taking it in a different direction. What's your favorite baseball team? Uh, I'm a giants fan. There we Big go. Giants fan. Yeah, Big so. news yesterday, huh? Great. Yeah. I was actually recording a podcast when I got the notification. I'm like, Oh, all right. <laughs> I would love to look, it was like only halfway through the podcast. So I'm like, I would love to look more into this, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna yeah. have to really focus on the, on the interview right now. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think about it? What do you think about the career assignment? Uh, well, there's part of me that finds it funny because my brother's a Dodgers fan, so he's okay. not happy uh, for multiple reasons. But it's it, it's a lot of man, it's a lot of years, and it, it's wild yeah. to think about. I mean, somebody on the radio today said, "So uh, Crawford's 35 right now. That'd be like if Crawford plays six more years. It's yeah. basically what that's going to equal out to, and that's like that's a wild thought, especially for a shortstop." Um, that was the first thing I thought too. I was like, "That's a lot of years." Yeah. Well, how how old was uh, Omar Vizquel when he stopped? When he retired? He was pretty old. Like he was in his forties, I think. He was in his forties. Sure. So yeah, I'm not I'm sure not how saying, far into it, but yeah. I mean, I don't think Correa is going to be going to be that. But if he was, I'm like, yeah. it could be worse. But yeah, it's a lot of years. What do you think, though? Yeah, I just, I, it's a lot of years. I think it's it's a good get for the short short term, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's just so much unknown. Who knows? Yeah. Different guy when he's forty. I mean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be an interesting year. It was. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's going to be. Just the whole division, it got it got wild, especially with everything the Padres did. And yeah. uh, I don't know where they found all that money, but um, yeah, they just I mean just continue to just load up. So yeah, we'll they're still trying out. to give it out. People are turning it down. I know. <laughs> I know. It's we can talk. We can talk about the Giants forever. Yeah, you know things are starting to um, <laughs> to pick up a little bit. But um, well, so let me ask you this. So obviously, you've mentioned the influence of coaches on your campus right now, mm-hmm. but. I always love to ask with, with coaches, um, you know, when they were playing and back in the day when they were an athlete themselves, I feel like we always can look back at a coach that was incredibly influential in our lives. Uh, who is that coach for you? Who is a, who is a coach that you had where you're like, that's that I had some great coaches, but that one right there was the one that had the greatest impact. And, and why, why was that? Okay. I like the question. That's a, that's a tough one, Josh. There's so many, you know, that's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Some guys are like, I haven't, I haven't had a good coach, yeah. so I, I can't even answer that question. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's a bummer, but honest. But yeah, so you have too many good coaches. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I've already spoke on on Coach Dorchak a little bit. Um, he was my my varsity coach for for my junior and senior year there when I was at Whitney um, as a player. Um, and man, the man taught me so much. Um, yeah. He's just a great leader. Um, everything mental game to to the nuts and bolts of the game is he, he was very intense. It's been it's been really cool to to see him uh, in a different light. Um, not as much as a coach anymore, but he was very intense when when I was in high school, and I responded well to that yeah. um, type of coaching. Um, but I would say uh, him, and then uh, also uh, Matt Kozderka, who was our uh, assistant coach when I was at uh, Willamette. He's now the head coach at Lewis and Clark College okay. uh, in uh, Portland. Um, yeah. Just another great coach. He was he was a pitcher as well. Another uh, pretty intense guy, um, and and I just learned so much much from him as well. There's, I mean, I could go down the list. I, I've already named like half of those guys, yeah. Uh, as is because a lot of them are still on our campus. But man, it's awesome. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason I'm a coach today, and it's because I, I had uh, a good experience as an athlete with my coaches. I mean, I think right. that's that's the bottom line. So, 
No, hundred hundred percent. Because like I said before, there's people, and I'm sure you know people too, that when they were playing, they had such a bad experience at one point, such a negative experience with a coach that they just. I mean that 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 was like the last time they played ball because they're like yeah. I'm just I'm done with it. I'm, I'm done with the whole thing because of this bad experience. And then I have I know other people, they may not be playing anymore, but like I said, those life lessons that that coach taught them were so valuable that they still quote them today. And if they're coaching, they still kind of preach those things now, which is a pretty a pretty cool sign of a great coach and, and a great influence. And I've said this before on this podcast, one of the years we were doing character combine, one of the speakers had a book and it was called one in a million. And the whole concept is if you have impact on one person, then the hope is that they will, from that impact, they will go out and take that positivity and pass it on to the next person or multiple people. And so then if you were somehow able to trace back at the end of your life, look back at all the people you influenced, hopefully because of that one person, it would be a million people which is a pretty wild thought. Yeah, you cool might concept. you're going to get there a little quicker than other people because you have, you know, however many guys in your team each year. So <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's the nice thing about coaching is like you have a, an opportunity to be influenced, a positive influence on so many people at one time. And, um, you know, that's why we do this podcast, man, because we, we believe in the work that you guys do as coaches. And, and we also believe in the, the platform that athletes have within their campuses, especially with social media and everything like that, that athletes have at their fingertips. Like they're just oh, definitely athletes are just well, more well-known now. You know what I mean? So do you guys have anything in place for social media? Cause I mean, you are a younger coach, so I feel like you have an advantage, even though it's always changing, but like you do have yeah. a little bit of an advantage over some of the older coaches that are like, what is, what is TikTok? What is this? You know what I mean? Like, at least you yeah. can have a better understanding. Like what kind of things do you have in place? For, like, do you guys have a social media contract? Like, what do you guys do to kind of keep everything at bay? Um, in terms of that, that's, that's more of something that we kind of attack as a whole athletic department at Whitney high school. Um, oh, and, cool. and really we go, we have a, a full athletic handbook and we go over our, our policies in terms of, of how to be responsible on social media. Cause it's a great tool, but it can also be dangerous at the same time. Right. Uh, unfortunately, as we see every day. Um, but, um, if we focus on the good side of, of that social media, there's, there's so much good that we can do for our athletes, whether it's, uh, tweeting out the the game stores scores and individual stats and, and all that stuff. I'm a Twitter guy. I don't, I don't have TikTok or, or any of that. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mostly on there uh, promoting our kids and it's, it's pretty wild to see um, the response that you get and, and kind of how baseball Twitter has evolved into a, a recruiting uh, aspect yeah. uh, these days. So there's, there's so many positives at the same time. It's, it's dangerous. Um, so it's just, it's a constant reminder. We have, we do have conversations throughout the season um, as different things happen, um, whether it be some of the unfortunate things that happened uh, to, to football teams this fall based on the, right. the racist posts. You know, like right. those, those are times when, when we bring the whole team in and, and I'm going to address that and, and talk about those things. So we just try to learn as a group as much as we can and, and hope our kids make the right decisions in, in those instances. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think that's such an important thing for a coach to do because, you know, um, obviously as an athlete, that's going to affect, obviously in the small, in the small picture, it's going to affect whether or not they can play, you know, it affects, you know, their school career, but then beyond that, it could have even, uh, more negative ramifications depending on the severity of whatever happens. And yeah, internet right, is like, forever. A hundred percent. And it, yeah, it's a, it's a whole, we've done episodes on that before because it's such a big topic and, and you're, you're right. The, the, everything that happened for that football team this fall is a perfect example of that. It's, you know, just a dumb, a dumb thing you do. And unfortunately 
like, I, like I've always said, not everybody has your best in mind. And so all they need is that one moment where you mess up and you know, it all kind of comes to crumbling down. Um, but another question, this is kind of a, this is always a fun question for me. I don't know if people enjoy this question because I, I do kind of put you on the spot, but, um, I'm going to ask it anyway. It's a staple of our show. Uh, obviously, like I said, this is called home team. So our, our whole tagline is, um, even though we wear different uniforms, we're all a part of the same home team, right? Like as coaches and athletes, if your goal is to not only win, but also use your platform to make a difference in your community, in your families, uh, one day in your careers, like if that's your goal and you want to make a positive impact using your platform, then we're all a part of the same home team here in Sacramento. That yeah. being said, we still want to win. And so when we're, when we're, we have, we're looking at our opponent, like we want to crush them. That's just how it goes. That being said, I also feel like competition makes us better, right? And when we have good competitors, it's going to help us raise our game. So is there, are there a coach, maybe a couple of coaches that you coach against that you love coaching against, because you know that when you coach against them, they're going to bring out the very best in you and your team. Yeah. I'd say it's, it's anytime we play another uh, SFL opponent uh, mm -hmm. in our league, whether it's uh Oak Ridge, Grand Bay, Folsom, Del Oro, Rockland, I mean, every, every team in our league is, is pretty strong in baseball. It's, it's pretty amazing uh, to see. I know that's the case for a lot of sports uh, in the SFL, but it's, it's, a, it's a test once you get to league. Uh, so we try our best to schedule games in preseason where we're going to get tested um, the same way we do in league. And it's, it's coaches who've been doing it for a long time, established good programs um, that have been good for a while um, at most of those schools. Um, so those are always the the most fun games to to coach and most fun uh, opponents to coach against because um, we play three game series for one. I think that's the the big thing for baseball that's different maybe from other sports like like right. you know you played baseball but yeah um, when you play a team Tuesday Thursday Friday or Monday Wednesday Friday it's different than a one off preseason game right baseball is kind of weird a one off preseason game you could have your number one going against their number three mm -hmm. and you don't really know which team's better. But, but once you get down to that third game of the series in league play in the SFL where teams are so deep, that's when it really gets fun. So I, I'd say those dynamics, those coaches, those programs, I think uh, all the programs in our league are, are doing a pretty awesome job uh, on the diamond. So um, always fun to play other SFL teams. Man, it's so much more fun when, when all the teams are competitive because mm -hmm. like you look around and, and I, I can't think, I'm not going to call anybody out, but there are some, some leagues over the years, it's like, man, this is, this is so lopsided and like, this can't be fun for the better teams. It's definitely not fun for the teams that are at the bottom of the, of the standings, but it's just like, man, I just don't, I never understood it when coaches wouldn't put their teams up against better competition. So, um, I always have a lot of respect when coaches do that. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like winning is great, but if you're not being challenged for those wins, like, is it really that valuable? Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. There's it something to be said for strength of schedule. Yeah. Hundred percent. Now I, I'm I'm not great with with the years. Did you did you play against Logan Webb? Uh, I actually played a uh, little league with Logan Webb. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I was I was 12 at Tri-State Little League, and and he was nine years old. So, and he was probably better than me then. Um, so didn't play against each other in high school because I was uh, just just that much older than him, just enough. But sure. But uh, 2006 Major Cardinals uh, Tri-State Little League shout out there. There you go. Uh, nice. Yeah, we're we're teammates for for that uh, spring. That's pretty cool. It's always fun seeing those guys. I mean, there's a couple of guys that I, I played against in in pony ball, uh, like Lars Anderson, uh, who was in the Red Sox organization yeah. for quite a while. Uh, it just, I mean, it's a different thing. Like he was like a giant among us boys, and just it's like I don't, I don't even know why we played today. 
Like no one's going <laughs> to hit the ball for this guy and no one can, right. no one can uh, get a ball past him either when you're pitching. So um, yeah, it's always cool seeing like those guys from here, you know, go do their thing. In fact, uh, my wife and I were back when we were dating and I think my brother and my dad went as well. We saw uh, El Grove back in the day when their uh, uh, NorCal title against um, was it St. Mary's of Stockton, I think. And yeah, I think so. That was a wild, that's a wild team looking back now because you have so many major leaguers that were on the field. You have um, Dylan Carlson, Rowdy Telez, Dom Nunez. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Derek. Uh, Hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Madrigal. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And we knew how good they were then. I've never seen a, a high school team that good. It was, it was no. the most ridiculous thing. I mean, I got seen. national recognition. Um, yeah. Has the last couple of years just seeing how many of those guys have, have made it yeah. to, the, to the peak of, of baseball. It's pretty cool. It's man. I, I love, I love seeing it. And let me yeah. see this. I've always wondered, and maybe you have better insight than I do because you're in the baseball world and you're, you're fully in it. There's so many, I feel like every time I watch a Giants game, anytime I watch a game, like I feel like there's always someone from Sacramento or the nearby area. Like what is, what is it about this city that just produces baseball players? I feel like it's, they're doing it at a ridiculous rate. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I just know that the baseball is really good in Sacramento and has yeah. been for a long time. That's where it's going to leave it at that. Cause I, yeah. I don't know. You can explain it, but it's like, nope. it's just wild. Like literally every game. It's like, there's some connection, um, man. Sorry, I, I put my notes real quick. I had another question for you. Oh, so let me ask you this. And I'm, I'm actually really interested to hear your uh, thoughts on this because you grew up in Rockland. I always mm -hmm. love it when teams, obviously you compete on the field, you have good team chemistry, you build up a good culture within your team. But I think a part of that good culture is being involved in the community that you compete in. Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, do you find value in that? And if so, what kind of things do you guys do to stay connected to the community? Because obviously- when you're in that community, like you said, it's small, right? So people are going to yeah. see the Whitney baseball hoodies. They're going to see the hats. They're going to see, you know, all that stuff. And so they're going to recognize baseball players. So how do you guys use that to, how do you guys use your platform to make the community better? Yeah, I think the community outreach piece is, is huge uh, for high school sports. Um, just for, for helping out, not just our community. It's a two-way street, Josh. I mean, for yeah. the kids and, and for um, the people that, that we're reaching out to and how much it means to everybody in our community. Um, the biggest thing that we do every year, um, and it started my first year uh, at Whitney, was we do a, a Halloween game. Uh, it's kind yeah. of been a, a trend for the last 10 years or so where you see uh, colleges and it's, it's really evolved into everybody is playing Halloween games now where you get to dress up in, in the Halloween costume and, and go play baseball. So um, we've been doing that um, ever since I've been at Whitney and and I told the kids as soon as they brought it up, I was like, well, we're not just going to do it to do it. We're going to do it for something. Um, and they came up with uh, supporting the Matt Redding Foundation. Nice. Uh, and Matt Redding uh, was a, a police officer who was uh, struck and killed by a drunk driver on Highway 65 uh, mm. just down the street yeah. from our school um, going on 20 years ago now. Um, and he was pulling over to, to help somebody who was broken down the side of the road and he was sideswiped and uh, just, a, just an absolutely terrible thing. Um, and his parents have, have been around the community. They wanted to make sure Matt's uh, legacy lived on. Um, and they created the Matt Rating Foundation. Um, you can visit their website whenever you'd like as well. And they do awesome. several different things, including Run Rockland, which is their big 5K thing. But, but we started supporting them on that Halloween game and asking our kids to get sponsors and asking for donations. Um, first two years we did as an inner squad uh, is just our high school. And, and since then, we've done it with our rival high school, Rockland High School. And we've switched locations every year. 
Um, and it's really turned into this, this larger than life thing where, where each of our booster clubs, the families try to make it bigger than last year. So this year at Rockland, we had the mayor out there, the whole school board, we got a, a police helicopter flyover, um, really? all kinds of stuff, all for a good cause, raising money for the Matt Redding foundation. Um, and they're, like I said, they're an amazing family and it's, it's great to be able to do something like that for our community. Um, what the foundation ultimately does is they give scholarships to, uh, Whitney High School, Rockland High School, and Del Oro graduates who want to be uh, first responders of some sort. So wow. um, it's it's just a great way to to keep his legacy alive, um, as well as get our kids involved in the community. So that's the biggest way that we really do community outreach every year. And, and there's so many different things we can do with that. Um, at the same time, the the other big one that we do is uh, in the spring we do a strikeout cancer game. Okay. Um, and that's been something since I was in high school. Coach Dorchek started that in 2011. Um, and that's taken on so many different meanings. Uh, you figure out how many different stories there are, not just uh, in our community, but but really on our campus, our school campus, how many people are going through um, that fight. And we raise money for Stand Up to Cancer every year for that. And, and we have people come out and throw first pitches and, and we we make it a whole whole big thing as well. So that's that's really cool to have our kids be able to play for somebody in their lives or, or somebody else in our community. Um, and raise money for charity that way as well. So we do something in the fall, something in the spring. Um, and like I said, I mean, it, it, it brings perspective. It gets our kids involved and, and people are more than appreciative. It's awesome. And again, man, just another opportunity for a life lesson for all your athletes. And it's cool. I, I love hearing that too, man, that it's a, a continuous thing. Like it's, it's something that, you know, they were doing when you were playing or it's something yeah. that they do year in and year out or other schools in the area are involved. Cause that's, I mean, yeah. again, like going back to the home, what we talk about home team, like we're all pursuing that kind of that same mission, right? Like, you know, obviously you want to win, but you, you're have, trying to have a positive impact. And so coming together for that, still playing the game that you guys love and doing it for a great cause, man, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that. You know what I mean? And yeah, I love positions are important. Time. You can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. The traditions, like the Halloween game. I know my, uh, Casarilla high school where I, to, where I played ball, um, they do a Halloween game now. And it's just those fun things that like, I think, you know, it, you pass on to, uh, future generations of ball players. They expect it coming in because it's, you yeah. know, it's talked about. And then when you attach it to a great cause, now it's like the whole community rallies behind it and gets excited. And, and, and that's a cool thing, man. Cause like, I, I feel like people for the most part, most people want to do something good. They want to be a part of some good cause, but some people just don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to get involved with something. And so you guys are basically blazing the trail for that. You're like, Hey, if you don't know what to do, come give to this cause. However you guys, you know, take donations and all that stuff, just come see a baseball game. You're contributing towards a good cause and you're giving people that opportunity. So not only your athletes, but also the community. That's a cool thing, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Who's, let me ask you this. Just, we have a couple more questions and I'll get you out of here. Cause like I said, 45 minutes pushing it a little bit, yeah, no worries. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, who is your, who's your all time favorite ball player? All time favorite ball player, man. There's, that's a tough question. Um, definitely giants. I, I think just growing up, uh, seeing him throw in all the world series, I got to say Madison Bumgarner being a pitcher myself, um, aspiring to be a bulldog as, as much as he was. Um, for our team. So definitely mad bum. Um, just everything about the guy, his mound presence, yep. um, the, the way he, uh, he pitched his pitch ability, all, all of, all of that. He's a larger than life, uh, kind of figure for the giants there for, for a long time. So 
can't beat that guy, Mad Bum. I was just saying, man, the face, I don't know if it's the facial hair or what it is, but you kind of give off the Mad Bum vibe a little bit. <laughs> I haven't gotten that one before, but I'll take it. Hey, well, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to you, man. Now, let me ask you this. Are you, are you, because Mad Bum's a big guy. Are you, are you, yeah. a, big, are you a big guy? Uh, I'm six foot three. You're a big, you're a big dude. What Mad Bum's like, what, six, four, six, five? He's, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a big dude. I'm, yeah. I'm big, yeah. but I ain't that big. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's six, four, six, five, and, and every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wild when you see what Sean Jelly out there. And yeah, that guy. almost, I mean, he's basically seven foot. Yeah. He's spikes, six foot right? 11, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's spikes, wild, yeah. wild seeing that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. You remember, uh, I remember I used to be a huge fan of like going way back, like Rod Beck. You know, and yeah, he was a closer. Yeah. You know, the, the, the mustache. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, like that arm dangle I used to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, I used to think I could throw that hard. And I'm like, now that I realized my dad's like, no, maybe we should maybe try to slow it. Just go for a little control right now. Cause you're not gonna throw that hard. Like, all right, <laughs> all right, pops. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty, yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, yeah. I'll tell you that, not that we need to keep talking about the giants, but it, it is interesting too. Cause I don't know how many ballparks you've been to, but like sometimes we, we forget like how lucky we are. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. Oh, yeah, we're so blessed with, with uh, Oracle Park now. Is that what we're calling? I can't. I can't Oracle. keep up. I always want to call it SBC or AT and T. I'll still drop yeah, the Pac Bell every once in a while. Yeah, Pac Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There's it's it's awesome. Try to go to as many games as we can every year. And, and me and my yeah. girlfriend, we do. She's a Giants fan too, so it's it's amazing what what we're blessed with uh, in San Fran there. Yeah. Yeah, man, I can't, I can't get enough of it. I just, yeah, it's, it's the, I love, uh, I love Buster Posey. You know, I was, you know, I've loved the Giants my whole life, but I'll tell you what, my favorite guy right now is I love Mike Trout. And okay. I said this before and I'll say it again. My wife might, was, might be listening to this. <laughs> she's concerned about Mike Trout. Like I can't meet Mike Trout. Cause she's like, I just don't trust you around Mike Trout. Like I love, I love man crush on that dude. And she knows. I it. mean, I don't blame you. Yeah, he's Thank stuck. you. That's what I'm saying. So she gets it now, but yeah, we haven't gone to an angels game for that reason. So, huh. <laughs> but yeah, no man, just, just a beast, just a beast. So many good ball players. That's like, it's just fun to watch. Like these, all these guys yeah. that are so athletic and so gifted at this, at this game. Like it's just, yeah. It makes me realize why I didn't go further than I did. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll watch it. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah, they're, they're playing a different game out there. A hundred percent, hundred percent, especially just now. It's just the, the physicality now. And you see all these guys, I mean, especially as a pitcher, right? Like you said, you topped out at in the high school level or no, at college, would you top out at? Uh, like 88. Yeah. Probably 88. Like 82 to 86. Yeah. I topped out at 83. It was a tournament in Fresno. I'll never forget it. My dad got it on video. I'm like, I'm going to save that for the rest of my life. Cause I'll never be able to do that again. But uh, yeah, now these guys are throwing, I mean, you know, 95 plus yeah. like 95, just kind of, you know, mid range there. And then you have these guys that are just throwing hundred plus. I mean, Duvall threw he hit like 104, 105 this year. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, his, yeah, his arm action is, is wild. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's a beast. Yeah. hundred percent. Anyways, I got off track. That's what happens on this podcast. I get off track, especially when I'm right. a Giants fan, it goes off the rails. So, um, let me ask you this, this one last question, man, uh, before we get out of here, this is kind of the big question that, that we'd like to end with again, thinking about this home team, uh, thinking mm-hmm. about your own hometown, your, your alma mater, all of that. What is the, the legacy that you want to leave when it's all said and done? What is the legacy you want to leave for the home team here in Sacramento and more specifically your home team of Rockland? Uh, it's kind of cliche, but I think it's people. I think that's, that's really what it is. As many people as you can impact um, yeah. in your time doing whatever you do, that's how you leave your legacy. Um, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, like our kids went on an amazing run last year 
uh, winning that D1 section championship. And they're, they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, because um, what we do as coaches and teachers is just kind of facilitate um, their experience. And, and our goal is just to give them the best experience we can. Um, and I think if we can impact uh, them at some point along the way um, in our job there, then um, that's, that's what our legacy is. Um, and it makes you a better person as a, a teacher, coach, podcaster, whatever right. it may be, because I mean, it's, it's more than just uh, what you do day to day in the job, how you do one things, how you do everything. So yeah. I would hope that transfers into your personal life and, and everything else that, that you got going on. So I think that's how you leave legacy. It's, it's in the people that, that you've been able to interact with in your life and, and hopefully there's something that, that you've passed on that, that they'll continue to pass on as well. Kind of going back to that book you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, man. I lied. I, I have one more question for you before we get you out of here. Cause something yeah, you said you reminded me of this. Um, cause I had this written down. I just kind of skipped over it. So one of the things that is interesting to me when a team wins is obviously you, like you had some rougher seasons leading up to the championship season which, you know, having losing seasons or even just rough, maybe it's a winning season, but not, you know, where you wanted to be, those present a lot of challenges, but mm -hmm. obviously you want to win, but then winning can also present challenges too. I don't know what the age range is for your athletes. This, I don't know if you have a lot of young guys, if you have a lot of uh, guys that were seniors last year that, that won't be here this year, but uh, how do you kind of manage the expectations and maybe, um, you know, getting lost in the excitement of everything, thinking like, Hey, we won last year. Let's just, let's just run it back. Where it's like, okay, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and you don't want to get sidetracked by the success. Like how do you manage all of those different emotions that come with winning? Yeah. I think that's, that's a really tough thing to do. I mean, you want to say once you've won, all you can do is go win again, Yeah, but it's, it's much harder than that. Um, you know, and we have most of our team returning. We had, uh, one of our, uh, corner outfielders uh, was one of our senior starters. And then we had another uh, outfielder who played a lot against lefties, but for the most part, eight of those guys in the field were, were sophomores or juniors. So wow, uh, most of those guys are coming back. Um, so it's trying to manage expectations and, and understand that, that we're not chasing people anymore. We're being chased. Yeah. Cause last year we were the underdogs and people didn't believe on, believe in our team. And, and it was really cool to see our, our kids buy in and, and have that big uh, underdog mentality. Uh, I don't know who it was, but, but somebody called us a, a team that was one year away and the kids really stuck with that all year long. And, and uh, now it's a, a new challenge because, uh, you know, we are the champs and, and people are, are looking at us. We got target on our back. So it's how to, how to manage those expectations and, and keep kids hungry. And baseball is a weird sport, man. I don't, I don't know if, uh, if we were the most talented team on the field at any point on any day, we were the team that came out with the victory. Um, we figured out ways to win though. You know, so um, it's, I mean, we had some, some crazy uh, runs in our season. Um, in the playoffs, we had a couple of games that were pretty wild. Our, our first round playoff game, we were down, uh, I think, three runs in the fifth, and, and we came back and won in the eighth inning. Second round against St. Mary's, we were down 4 nothing with one out in the seventh, and we came back and won 5-4. So, like, there's a lot of things that, that really got to go right for us to, to win that section. Right. I um, mean, we, and we can't forget that that's going to be the big thing. And, and one of the big messages um, for, for our kids to remember and, and try to stay hungry and just find a way to continue to get better. Right. Um, Cause it's gotta be you against you at the end of the day. Once again, I know it's cliche, but it's the truth. So um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know if there is a good answer to that question. Um, Cause that's, that's one of the hardest things to do in sports. 
I mean, people say hangover for a reason when it comes to, to championships. So, yeah. um, you see teams, uh, fall to that every year. So, so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. I, I love the group that we have coming back. Love our guys. It's really fun to coach every day. Um, with this group, the, the group of kids we have out there, the group of coaches, the families. So really excited for our year. I'm excited to see uh, how they respond, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how we're going to attack it. We'll see. Yeah. No, no, you a hundred percent answered the question, man. And I think it, it does come down to that hunger and keeping that hunger there. And, and like you said, going from hunting to being hunted, very different thing and a whole different set of things that you have to manage and deal with. Uh, but it sounds like based on, man, just this short conversation with you based on all of the influence and the people that are mentoring and coaching on campus. Like, I think you guys will be, I think you guys will be just fine. It seems like, sounds like you guys have plenty of, uh, plenty of people there to kind of keep the athletes on the, on the, the right path, man. So I'm excited, man, to see how the season goes for you. And I know it's, uh, the middle of December right now, but you guys are not far off from, from everything that, you know, the whole season running it back again, man. So uh, I'm excited to see how everything plays out for you guys. And man, uh, as always, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me a little bit. Uh, we definitely appreciate you and everything you're doing for the home team here in Sacramento and in Rockland. Um, where can they follow you guys have a, I know you guys have a, that was a dumb question. I follow you guys. I know you guys have social media. Where can they follow you? Where can they follow your team? All of those different things. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter, uh, at coach Watt 30. Okay. Um, and then we do have a, a Twitter page for our team as well at baseball Whitney. Um, okay. and I think our Instagram is at Whitney baseball. Um, all of our, uh, sport accounts at, at Whitney, we have a maroon background and our, our W logo with the sport name below it. So that's how, you know, it's the, the current active account too. So if anybody's looking, uh, there you go. But, uh, thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me on a uh, great conversation. Uh, I look forward to following, uh, what you guys continue to do here at home team as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like I said, like I always say, man, you guys, uh, coaches like yourself and others, man, you're why we do it. Cause we, you know, we, we just, I just get to come on here and talk about sports and talk, kind of pick your brain. You guys are actually doing the hard works, man. So hard work. So I appreciate that for sure. And uh, yeah, man, down the road, would love to chat again. Hopefully in the spring, we can chat after you have that second banner. Yeah, there we go. I like yeah, that idea. There you go, man. Or, you know, if, if uh, things go well for the giants, maybe we'll have you back on again. If it goes bad, yeah. <laughs> go south again. Like I, I can't, I can't have you on for that reason, but yeah, it'd be tough. It would be tough. And I don't feel like taking that to the air. So anyways, man, Hey, thank you so much. Happy holidays to you and your family. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Absolutely.